Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here, here are two swords. That is enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you portraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they'd kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly.
I'm going to keep your Bibles open there to Luke chapter 22. On the back of your handout is an outline, which I changed at the last minute. I decided to change it. So you can ignore those three points completely. And if you've got a pen and you want to take notes, instead there's two points. And the first one is COVID has exposed our weakness and sin, which is good. And the second point is that because of our weakness and sin, and despite our weakness and sin, God is here in His grace. COVID exposed our weakness and sin, but because, in spite of and because of our weakness and sin, God is here in His grace. Let me pray. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank You for Your Word, the Bible. We thank You for this time when we remember Jesus' death for us in our place, the great swap where we avoid Your just judgment and Jesus takes it in our place. God, as we think about Jesus' grace to Peter specifically help us to reflect on your grace to us that we might entrust ourselves to you and even in the face of adversity be courageous in jesus name we pray Uh, amen now i don't know about you i just i love peter's character i can really relate to him i suspect you all can too and you'll be persuaded as we go along he's got these moments of bravery doesn't he in that passage and he's got these moments of nobility but then he's got these moments of confusion and sometimes even complete weakness and unfaithfulness you remember in the garden it's just read by Yvette with Jesus by his side Peter's got all the confidence in his world and confronted with a detachment of trained Roman soldiers this fisherman pulls his sword and and takes a wild swing cutting off one of the soldiers ears to which Jesus said put that thing away would you and put the ear back on Uh, to the soldier's head and healed him perfectly as he's able to do he uh he's kind of noble in trying to help out but he's kind of doesn't know what he's doing either he's a bit silly uh it's pretty dumb really that he thinks he needs to defend jesus because he's forgetting that this is jesus this is the creator of the universe this is the one that's been performing miracles now for years he can he can heal the sick raise the dead cast out demons He doesn't actually need Peter to defend him. Uh, Peter's a bit confused. In Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus reminds him of that, it says this, it's on the screen, put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way. The creator and sustainer of the universe is trying to explain to Peter, he must die. He must die for the sins of many. The reality is that all who are present and all in the world, the soldiers, Judas who's betraying him, his disciples behind him, they're all dependent on Jesus for life. They just don't realise it. It's obviously all part of Jesus' plan that he's being arrested. He could have stopped it at any moment, but Peter doesn't yet get it. Peter's a bit confused. He's a bit misunderstood. The minute Jesus is led away, tragically, Peter denies even knowing Jesus. And we saw that in the video. Not once, not twice, but three times. Peter denies even knowing Jesus a matter of hours after he nobly tried to defend his Lord. 
he's weak and he's unfaithful in the face of real pressure which he's under as Jesus has been arrested and he's being treated brutally. Peter's under great pressure and he crumbles under the pressure and denies even knowing Jesus. And I wonder, in your heart of hearts, if you can relate to Peter. Sometimes you're strong. Sometimes you're weak. Sometimes you know exactly what you're doing. Sometimes you're a bit confused and you're not quite sure what you're doing. And it was a challenging question, wasn't it? That, as Emma pointed out, what would you do uh, if you were in Peter's situation? It's a good question and it's a real challenge. We've all had a challenging last 12, 15 months, haven't we? COVID hit last year and 2020 had all these great hopes and it was not the year that we were expecting at all, was it? We as a nation, as a human race, were tested by a global pandemic and COVID exposed our weakness as humans, psychologically and physically. COVID reminded us that we are mortal, that we die. I think we'd forgotten there's, there's lots of diseases in the world, but COVID seemed to stick its head out and remind us that we are mortal. COVID tested our selflessness and our love for one another, didn't it? I wonder how you think, how do we do kind of as humans? How do we do in the face of COVID as a, as a nation at responding to COVID? What would you give us out of 10 do you think? Would you give us a six? Would you give us a four? Would you rate us a nine? I wonder. I wonder also, do you remember these things from just a year ago? Does this look familiar? Were you there at the shops when people were loading up their trolleys with toilet paper? How bizarre. How bizarre. Lara and I were having a coffee one day in Norellan and, and then this person after person was coming out of the shops uh, loaded up with toilet paper. Maybe you remember this in the stores, seeing nothing on the shelves. And here, this person's from Toowoomba. Here's a noble citizen, representative of humanity, sitting on a throne of toilet paper that she's hoarded for herself, made herself her own staff out of toilet paper. And look at the smile on her face. We just lost our mind a bit, didn't we? As people. COVID absolutely exposed our weakness as humans, which was a good thing. Because it forces us to look outside of ourselves for strength and for answers. We realised we haven't got it all together. Not as a nation, not as a race. We don't have it all together. We're weak, we're vulnerable, we're frail. Even as followers of Jesus, if we're honest, many of us, if not all of us, panicked in some way and struggled to trust God through the pandemic. Now, don't get me wrong, it was tough in many ways, but in our country, we were spared much of the horror. But wow, weren't we exposed as a people? COVID reminded us that we're all weak, all sinful, especially when we're put to the test. Now, correct me if I'm wrong later, but I'm guessing none of us trusted God entirely through COVID. None of us set out each and every day to serve and care for others without any real regard for themselves during lockdown or even after it lifted. And if you did, good for you. Praise God for being like that. I suspect we all did a lot of 
self-protection as a result of this global pandemic, as we've been calling it. COVID revealed that what the Apostle Paul said 2,000 years ago was as true then as it is now. Paul says this in Romans 3, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile, that means there's no difference between anyone, between anyone of any race or any background or any kind of class, there's no difference between anyone, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. As terrible as COVID was, and in some countries still is, it reminded us that we're weak, which is a good reminder. It reminded us that we need a mighty saviour, which is a good reminder. None of us live the perfect life that God created us to live. All of us are in need of forgiveness from God and saving from sin. So thank you, God for giving us COVID to humble us once again. Like us, Peter didn't realise just how sinful he was and just how much he needed a saviour. And he didn't realise what a great saviour he had in Jesus, who was by his side physically. Imagine that. I love Peter. He has a big heart, but he isn't real bright. And maybe that's why I can relate to him. Big heart, not too bright. Um... Oh. <laughs> now, despite our weakness and sin, God's grace is here in Jesus. And that is the theme this Easter for our church, and what a great theme. Grace is here in Christ. Despite Peter's failings and weakness and sin, Jesus was gracious. And he remain, can, continues to be gracious, gracious. There's a little snippet here of an interaction between Jesus and Peter. It's some months before the scene in the garden and it says this and I want you to have a look with me from that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciples this this is a few months back he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life Peter took (laughs) Peter took him aside began to rebuke him he rebuked Jesus what was he thinking I don't know Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus said to Peter. Does that seem overly harsh? It seems harsh. Doesn't it? Get behind me, Satan. Peter loved Jesus. And he just didn't think it was fair or right that Jesus should have to die. It's kind of noble. It's confused. He's confused. But it's noble, isn't it? To say, you shouldn't have to die, Jesus. He's right. Was it fair that Jesus, the teacher, the healer, the good man, should die in order to save those who rejected him, arrested him, betrayed him and killed him? Does that seem fair? Does that seem right? Well, let me answer you that quandary by telling you a story. 
Now settle back, boys and girls. Once upon a time, in a kingdom far, far away, there lived a great king. And he was the most powerful man and the kindest and gentlest man in the whole realm. The kingdom was known for its peace, its harmony and goodwill. Now one day, the chief servant of the merciful king came into the throne room with ill tidings. There is a thief in your kingdom, sire, said the servant. The king was astonished. Find that thief and when you do, bring him to me and he'll be punished with ten lashes. Those in the room were astonished as well. It had been so long since any crime had been committed, they could hardly imagine who would have done such a thing. A week went by, the servant again made his way into the throne room. Bad news, sire, we still have not caught the thief. Find that thief and when you do, he'll receive 25 lashes. Yes, sire, off they went. Again, they looked for the thief. They could not find the thief. A week later, they came back. Sire, we can't find the thief, he said. Find the thief, and when you do, 50 lashes for the thief. A week later, the servant again approached the king in his throne room, and his face was pale, and his voice was timid and hollow. Your Highness, the thief has been found. Bring him to me this instant, said the king. Now the crowd that had poured into the throne room slowly parted as the thief was brought before the throne. Everyone was astonished and shocked and dismayed to discover the thief was the king's elderly, frail mother. There she stood, trembling and crying, her small and frail body shaking with fear and shame. She was perhaps the last person in the kingdom anyone would have suspected of doing this terrible thing. And there stood the king, shocked and deeply wounded by his mother's actions. The crowd began to wonder and murmur among themselves, what's he going to do? I mean, is he going to set aside the law to display his love and mercy by just forgiving his mother? for her crimes. I mean, the punishment alone will surely kill her. It might even, it would kill a man, I would think. Or is he going to display his sovereignty and justice, which he always has? And is he going to punish her for her crime? Will he choose mercy or justice? The king raised his hand to quiet the crowd. Bring the whipping post, he said. The post was brought in and set up in the middle of the throne room. The crowd was dumbfounded. Would the king truly have his mother receive such a punishment? Surely the king could scarcely receive such a flogging. The frail woman would not last a few strokes, surely. The old woman was tied to the post. Her garment was ripped, exposing her, her back to the whipmaster and exposing her ribs, you could count all her ribs, so elderly and frail was she. Administer the lashes, said the king. And not a sound could be heard as the whip was raised, but just as the whipmaster was about to make his first stroke, the king said, stop. The crowd sighed in utter relief, but the feeling didn't last for long. The king stood from his throne, 
and slowly removed the crown from his head and laid it upon his throne. As he began to walk down the stairs, he took off his royal robe and he took off his finely woven royal tunic. Coming to his mother, he wrapped his enormous body around her, completely enveloping her frame, and said to the whipmaster, proceed, and took the punishment that his mother ought to have received. What the Apostle Peter did not understand in the presence of Jesus was that he was a sinner in desperate need of Jesus' loving protection. The king was merciful and just by standing in the place of his mother and receiving the punishment. Our Lord Jesus is merciful and just as he stands in our place and receives the punishment that we all deserve from God. It's called the great exchange, Jesus standing in our place. And the wonderful blessing that we receive through faith in Jesus is not only avoiding the just judgment that we deserve from God, but the rich blessing of relationship with God in heaven forever. Peter also didn't understand God's love for him. To say to Jesus, you cannot go to the cross, is to say, you cannot love me, you cannot die for me. He didn't realise what Jesus was going to do for him. How could he grasp the depths of God's love to him through Christ? And Jesus' love for Peter did not stop there. Despite the fact that he denied him three times, Jesus reinstates him as his lead apostle and commissions him to lead the church in his stead after he resurrected and ascended to heaven. And we're going to look at that on Sunday, this wonderful grace of Jesus to Peter in reinstating him as the head of the church. And we're going to look at God's grace to us on Sunday in the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost upon Peter and all the apostles and all the disciples who gathered there to hear God's word preach. Maybe you don't understand either. God loves you. God loves you enough to send his one and only son to die in your place. You might receive forgiveness and relationship with God. Jesus is absolutely almighty. He has absolute authority over all things, sickness, pandemics, evil, Satan and sin, even death. Jesus is God's very own son and truly God himself and he is willing to die for you. Peter couldn't believe Jesus would be willing to die for him. That seems too good to be true, doesn't it? But it is. Not only is Jesus willing to die for Peter and you and for me, in fact, he must die in order that we might live. Such is the depths of our sin and the heights of Jesus' grace and God's love. And I wonder, do you believe this? Friends, grace is here. 
in the form of Jesus. Grace has come into our world in the form of Jesus. God paid the sin, paid the price for sin that we ought to have paid through giving up his one and only son. Last year exposed our weakness and frailty, but this Easter be reminded of God's amazing grace to you despite and because of our weakness and frailty. I love the Apostle Peter. I can so relate to him. Maybe you can too. Peter also feels sorrow for his sin. He hates that he rejects Jesus. Did you see it there at the end of the passage that Yvette read? Peter replied the third time, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed and Peter was gutted. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter knows he's a sinner and he's sad about that. He's sorrowful. He feels sorrow for his sin. And it's in this posture that Jesus approaches us, takes off his royal garment, his divinely royal garment, and offers to shield us with his love and his strength if we would only but realise we need it and accept it. And my question for you this morning, friends, will you welcome Jesus' sacrifice for you? Will you accept that you are weak, you are a sinner, you need God's forgiveness, and will you allow him to protect you from God's just judgment? Or will you fob him off, reject him, deny even knowing him, and face God's righteous judgment alone? Secondly, will you believe that he offers his grace despite your weakness? For those of you who already trust in Jesus, as Peter did, will you believe that his grace continues to extend to you today? Even though we fail to honour him at times, to love him as we should, to love others as we ought to, Jesus' grace remains and Jesus' grace continues. Peter weeps over his sin and in chapter 21 we will see this wonderful reinstatement, this wonderful grace from Jesus who has gloriously now risen from death. Jesus reinstates Peter. But maybe you've come here this morning and you know you're not yet right with God. You don't yet have forgiveness of sins. And maybe you've been convicted to confess your sin today, to recognise you're weak, a sinner like me, to confess your sin and to put your trust in Jesus. I'm going to put a confession prayer on the screen behind me. And I invite you all, and if you're already a Christian, I invite you to pray along out loud for the sake of those who might be praying this for the first time. Let's confess our sin and our failing and our weakness to God and accept his offer, his free offer of grace to us. Let's recognise, friends, that we need Jesus to die in our place. We have offended God 
we do face his just judgment without Christ. Please join me for the first time, perhaps, in praying this prayer of confession. If you're already a Christian, please pray this confession prayer as well. Together. Dear God, I know I am weak, but you are strong. I know I am a sinner and you are holy. Please forgive me for my sin. Please help me to entrust my life to Jesus. Please help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen. If you sincerely just prayed that prayer for the very first time, the Bible says that the angels in heaven are rejoicing and so are we here at Grace Anglican Church. That is wonderful. Please tell someone. Please tell me so that I can help you now live your life for Jesus. I wonder, could everyone take out their smartphones now? Take out your smartphone, open up the browser, open up your internet browser, go to graceanglicanchurch.org.au. While you do that, we're going to get the stage sorted. John, do you want to get the stage sorted now? Thanks, mate. graceanglicanchurch.org.au. On the top right-hand corner, there's the Contact Us button. You can click on that. You don't have to, but you can click on that if you want to. Fill out the form. If you're new or visiting, pop me a note to say hi. Pop us your email so I can send you one email welcoming you, letting you know about our church. If you've just prayed that prayer for the first time, please fill out the form and let me know. I'd love to touch base with you. I'd love to know how I can best help you to learn more about Jesus and to follow him. If you've just put your trust in Jesus, it's the best decision you've ever made. Praise God. I'd love to help you in your walk. Following Jesus is hard. We are weak, but he is strong and he promises to be with us always. I'm going to pray and then we're going to hear from Josh. If you're not feeling the form, keep going with the form. I'll pray and then I'm going to invite Josh up and hear his story about his strengths and weaknesses uh, in following Jesus. Please join me in prayer. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you for salvation through Jesus. We thank you uh, for those who may have put their trust in you for the first time today. God, please be with them as you promised to be. Please strengthen them and guide them as you promised to do. Please help us as a church to love them and care for them well. Lord, we pray that we will entrust ourselves to you, humbly understanding and realising and knowing that we are weak but you are strong, realising that we are sinful but you offer forgiveness freely through Jesus' sacrifice. Lord, help us to trust him in the first instance and then each and every day as we go out into the world, as we sometimes get it right and as we sometimes get it wrong. God, we know that your grace endures and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite Josh Edwards to the stage. Please welcome Josh warmly. Hi, mate. G'day. How are you going? Better for seeing you. Good, good, good. Tell us about your family. Who's in your family? Uh, my beautiful wife over there, Lottie. Yep. Um, Loretta. I've got two children, energetic. They got my A to D for sure. <laughs> Sunny and Alf. Can you tell us one thing about your? I haven't pre- prepped for this question. Oh, What's no. one thing about your family that you're willing to share that maybe most people don't know? Yeah, that's one you should have prepped me. <laughs> um, What's something one you guys thing like? I'm willing to share 
about that, life then. That you'd like. What's something that you're into that, that you oh, like? Positive things. That oh, of course. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I love, I think this is, I'm pinging a lot. I don't know if anyone else is, but I'm pinging today. Um, one thing I love about Sunny in particular is she's very much like me. She's, she's all in. <laughs> she's like, go hard or go home. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that about her. That's awesome. Um, Josh, have you always been a Christian? Loaded. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in the church. Tell us a story. Yeah, story. Okay. So I grew up in the church. Um, um, I have a really high view of God and his sovereignty. Um, but there's definitely points in my life where I haven't been living a life that reflects that. At no point do I believe that I wasn't a follower of Jesus. Definitely a point in my life where there's definitely a point in my life where I've decided that I I need to follow Jesus more wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us about some of your struggles in following Jesus? Times you really felt weak, and can you tell us about some of the times you feel like you did get it right? You know, like Peter kind of got it right sometimes, got it wrong sometimes. Where's the time where you got it right? Where's the time where you definitely got it wrong? Well, I, I guess the time that I got it right was just the other day. I, um, about a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Lottie, and um, it was in the build-up to uh, Easter, preparing for the, the Bible study, growth group, sorry, growth group. Yep. And um, we are talking about Easter and how like, ev- evangelism and how do we all have someone in our lives that doesn't know Jesus. And if you don't, you need to get out of your bubble. That's, that's the core. You need to be better than that. But um, I have so many people in my life that don't know Jesus. And um, I just felt, as I was sharing with our growth group, that there's one man in particular that I spent close to 10 years, I spent 14 hours a day with, basically, traveling to Manly and back, working as a tradesman. And I was ashamedly the worst example. And I just felt compelled to, to tell him about this Jesus that I know. So it's so kind of a, a kind of a weakness and a strength, I suppose. As a follower, as a supposed follower of Jesus with this guy, day in, day out, you didn't tell him about Jesus. I didn't shy away from from Jesus at all, but I definitely wasn't I was living, living very hypocritically. Not living a very hypocritical life. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just felt the need to catch up with him. And um, about a year ago, he hit me up and he just said, yep, I'm beer. And we came around, we sat around a fire pit in my backyard, had a great old chat. Uh, but again, I never never shared the gospel with him at all. Um, so I just prayed for a two-week period with Lottie. And I was just like, give me one more chance. One more chance. And give me a big set of kahunas to say it. <laughs> And, um, yeah, he hit me up and he said, do you want to catch up again? And uh, a few opportunities slipped by and then we ended up at the pub and I called you on the drive and I said, pray for me, I'm going for it, I'm going for a jugular, <laughs> doing it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the conversation sort of ranged over a whole bunch of things and we've got mutual friends that are suffering significant pain and loss and death. Um, and he's asking about all these mutual friends. 
I just let that conversation go and, and be really dark for a moment. And I said to him, man, I'm going to be honest with you. What are you going to say when you see Dave? Do you have anything positive to say? And he was like, quiet. I let the awkwardness sit there. I said, man, I want to tell you a story. I, I blew up the ACL in my knee and it was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt. Um, I made a joke to Lottie about how you know I'm pregnant. <laughs> Bad move, but <laughs> anyways, um, and I said to him, if, if we in our finite existence can understand the role that pain plays in our lives, to understand that it's there to tell us that there's something wrong and broken and not continue to use that knee, mm-hmm. rest it, ice it, don't see a physio, all those sort of things. If we in our finite existence can understand the role pain plays in our lives, is it inconceivable that there would be a sovereign God that understands pain points this emotional pain back to himself and says, this life is broken. You're a broken, sinful man. Um, and you, I, I, look at, I look at, is it inconceivable mm. that that emotional pain would be telling you that there is a God that loves you so much? Mm. And uh, it was a great, great chat. And uh, at the end of the night, he, his words, he said, the Christian worldview does seem to explain how the world actually that was a great chat. Thanks so much, brother. Um, I can see that, yeah, there's been times when you've struggled and other times right now where you've asked for, for more grace upon grace already given and, and God's given it <laughs> to you, which is great. And I, that's the Christian life, right? It's, it's ups and downs and it's, in, it's ultimately wanting to live for Christ. And it's, it's God and his grace really he knows we're weak. He knows we're sinful. That's why he sent Jesus to save us in the first instance, to, but to be with us through the ups and downs of living for him along the way. Thanks for sharing with us, brother. I'm going to pray for all of us. Loving Father and Almighty God, thanks for Josh. And God, thank you that you saved him and Lottie uh, and the kids. We, uh, we pray for the kids who grow to know and love Jesus. Father, we thank you for being with Josh Uh, throughout the years, even when he was not faithful to you in the way he lived. And thank you for being there with him when he was. And we thank you for blessing him with this opportunity recently to share with his dear friend of your love for him and for us all. We pray for his friend that he'll trust himself to you and know forgiveness and know salvation and hope that is found only in Christ. And God, we pray and know you continue to be with Josh through the ups and downs, through his uh, good moments and successes, I suppose, and faithful moments, and also uh, his weaknesses. Keep sustaining Josh, keep carving him into the image of Christ day by day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, brother. Please thank Josh for... Thanks for opening up your life to us. I like that, Josh. Uh, that's really encouraging to us all. Um, we are going to spend a little bit more time in prayer, and I'm going to invite Dean up and sort myself out to lead us. Uh, thanks. Let's continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we think and reflect on our own sin that held Jesus on the cross, that he was willing to stand in our place, taking upon himself all of our sin and suffering a painful and humiliating death. We thank you for the saving grace that has paid the price that we ought to have paid. 
we recognise that each of us are like Peter, denying Jesus in our sinfulness. In our times of weakness and our failings, we turn away from you. How great and loving are you, Lord, that although we continue to fail, you loved us so much that you still continue to heap upon us the freely given gift of salvation through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord, again, we give you thanks for the amazing grace you have shown us in Jesus. Please help us to accept the sacrifice you made for us. Lord, in light of the cross, may we in turn bring you honour and glory in all of our words and our actions. May we spend our lives in service to you, acknowledging all you have freely done for us. May we be a church who seeks to share your saving gospel with those who do not yet know you. We pray over this Easter weekend that many in our community will come to acknowledge you and accept your gift of this salvation. And Lord, we bring all these things before you in Jesus' name. Amen.